It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Talking District 1 and 2 activities week in, week out in the great state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey joined by our North Idaho resident and expert, Ryan Skaggs. What's up, Skaggs? Not much. Just uh, some days you got to have some chocolate milk. <laughs> okay. I... <laughs> I'm stealing them for my kids' lunch. So <laughs> stealing from your child, Ryan. I'm That's disappointed. Right. Um, as always, every time we start start the show and we bring Ryan on camera, um, he's always got to take a drink of whatever he's sipping. Today it was chocolate milk. I'll, I'll be honest, milk. Uh, like it, I get sick. I can't drink milk. I used to drink it all the time as a kid, um, but now as an, as an adult, even chocolate milk, it just makes my stomach all upset. Yeah, I grew up on drinking lactose-free milk, and usually it's like the fat-free. Um, this one is not fat-free, and I can tell. <laughs> like I'm used to drinking the white water, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. Like That was what I grew up on because my, my sister had like a milk allergy, so yeah, but this is this is much different, and you know, it was supposed to be like lower sugar because I got it for my kid and had more protein. It's not great. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I was tempted to go with drinking the white water for the um, podcast title, but I think people driving by not knowing what we're talking about would. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, got a whole, that's got a whole different connotation to it. <laughs> people don't people don't overreact on the Internet to things they don't know anything about. Right. Yeah, right. I'm just seeing something off pure glance and then making a an educated decision on that. Yeah, I'm sure that yeah. that never happens. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, so let's get into it. And maybe as we're talking organically, I'll come up with a good podcast title. Uh, fans might be wondering, where the bleep were you guys last week? Well, sometimes life gets in the way. All right. And we try to have perfect attendance. We will occasionally miss a week here or there. Yeah. As the school year goes along, because, hey, we're both uh, busy guys, too, right? Yeah. We don't we don't just podcast. We got other things to do. Yeah, I run my own business. I don't just get to flap my gums about high school sports. And sometimes I have to be a dad and a husband, too. So, yeah, life gets in the way sometimes, but it's all good. So, yeah, more hits than misses, they say, right? There we go. More hits than misses. That's the podcast title. I knew you'd come up with something good. I always have those isms, you know, coach speak. <laughs> I do it you for do. 15 years. You can't get rid of it by that time. You're like, all right, yeah, just let's just throw out some, uh, some, you know, useless word spaghetti. Two, two things you're going to get on this prep cast. We do a prep cast for every region of the state, Treasure Valley, Magic Valley, East Idaho, North Idaho. We also do the Idaho eight man prep cast as well, where we talk about just eight man football. Two things you're only going to get on the North Idaho prep cast. You're not going to get anywhere else besides, you know, what we're talking about. The skagsisms, you know, all your little quips and sayings and and uh, and also uh, the skagsies awards. I call them the skagsies. Uh, of course, you call them the North Idaho, uh, all football, all volleyball, all basketball teams, etc. Yeah. No, none of our other uh, podcasters do that. So because I go above and beyond. Right. <laughs> it's about the experience. <laughs> that's right well i'm looking forward to all of those postseason uh teams that you hand out but first we got to get to the postseason and uh we're doing that in some sports but in others the postseason is wrapped up state golf tournament was last week ryan uh the 5a meet was at the lewiston country club 4a meet was at the university of idaho course in moscow 
no champion. Boise, Treasure Valley swept everything. Team titles, individual titles, very anticlimactic. But we did want to highlight some of our North Idaho finishers. Let's start on the girls' side where the Coeur d'Alene girls actually took second place. Uh, they ended up finishing quite a quite a distance away from Rocky Mountain, the champion. But for the Vikings, second place trophy, they'll take it. Yeah, I mean, you get a, you get a, the red trophy going home with you. That's not a bad showing. Um, and we knew that Rocky team was loaded. I think that was kind of, I don't want to say a foregone conclusion, but they were, the way they had been playing later in the year, uh, looked like a shoe in with that lineup to, to run away with the state title. Uh, but a great showing by the Viking ladies. I think that was an, an absolutely decent showing, especially on a difficult course. Um, I, I heard that, you know, Lewis and Country Club played pretty difficult uh, for the state tournament. Pins had changed a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, if you're a coach, take a second state. That's go home with it and, and be happy and smile the whole way. Yeah, that's awesome season for the quarterline girls. Stella Dietz was the top finisher for the Vikings, uh, taking eighth. Uh, she shot an 86 on day one, 82 on day two. So she finished eighth overall. The highest finisher from North Idaho on the girls' side, though, was, of course, Molly Seibley from Lewiston playing on her home course, Skaggs. And this is what makes sports thrilling sometimes and also absolutely crushing sometimes. Well, the, yeah, um, Howard Cosell, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Yeah. Yeah. So going in the hole, day two. Molly Seibley has a one-stroke lead over Ella Arnzen from Timberline, and it's her home course. So she gets up to the tee, into the into the drink, splashes it into the pond. So that's that's a two-stroke penalty, right? Because you've got to basically take the penalty because uh, you're not going to play the ball. You're not going to play the ball where it lies, right? You're not going yeah. to the bottom of the water to get that. Um, so two-stroke penalty to start for Sibley. Arnzen ends up parring the hole and making up that one-stroke difference to not just tie, but win it outright. Molly Sibley falls by a single stroke, 151 to 152. Just heartbreaking for Molly Sibley on her home course. Yeah, and that's just, you know, I, everybody can sit there and throw stones from your glass houses or whatever, but... We've all been there. I mean, I've played in enough of those scrambles to know that, like, it, getting in the drink is easy. I mean, there's, there's, you know, 350 yards of green grass, and you're going to find that, you know, 25 yards of, of the drink. So, um, you know, but it doesn't take away from the effort. I mean, her and her and her opponent played a phenomenal couple of rounds at state, and um, to finish, you know, down to the last, the last hole. I mean, that's that's an impressive. Uh, affair and you know i would say hat you know when your opponent does that and you're able to par out then hats off i mean you did what you needed to do to get it done and that's that's a it's a heartbreaking loss but a great still a great career and great season so that's why golf is the most frustrating game there is to play no doubt. yes there's there's many yeah i mean i'll we're on a prep cast that has kids listening so i'll refrain from any language stuff but yeah there's i've heard many a, a name for the sport of golf yes there's a robin williams bit about it you can go watch that <laughs> uh that now i'm gonna spend the rest of my day doing that uh okay <laughs> boys 5a quarter lane takes third in the team yeah. uh standings they they almost got second you know they only fell behind uh, eagle uh by two strokes for second place. And honestly, it was very tight at the top. Boise was your team champion, but they only won by five strokes. So Coeur d'Alene was right there. 
Yeah, we knew that they were a good team coming in. I mean, we'd seen the success that they'd had this season. Um, and we knew it was going to come down to state. And I think, you know, the teams that you pretty much pictured to be in the mix were there. Um, so it doesn't take away. I mean, third place finish, you're, you're still getting the trophy going home. I believe it's the green one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, obviously, you want that blue one. But, uh, you know, that's that's still a great finish. Top three at state with three really respectable programs right there. You know, you're finishing with Eagle and Boise. Uh, it says a lot about about the type of program you're building and you know just wasn't your year to get the championship but you're at least in the mix you know you're in striking distance in the last few holes that's what that's what you ask for grant potter highest finisher from Coeur d'Alene. he takes fifth overall after day one he shot a 76 he was way back on the leaderboard but he rallied on day two ryan by shooting a 67 second best uh round of the day on saturday and that yep. lifted him to one under par. He takes fifth overall. The highest finisher from North Idaho, though, was Trey Lambert from Lake City. He finished tied for third with Trevor Garris from Capitol. Garris was the three-time district champion from the Boise area. Uh, Lambert finishes three under, and he's a little more consistent. 70 on Friday, 71 on Saturday. So congratulations. And then uh, Max Hosfeld from Lake City also finished tied for sixth. So Lake City... Yep had a, a couple of good individuals up top quarter lane had the better depth overall. Yeah. And then I believe Lambert's only a freshman too. So, I mean, like you look at him and he's going to be around for a few years, being able to play that competitive on, on what was a pretty good course and a competitive course down at Lewiston. Um, you know, I would look for him to be back. I mean, like, obviously that's that, you know, golf plays well. If you play well anywhere, you're going to keep yourself in the mix. So I think, um, being able to go there and he was, I believe he just missed out on a shootout too at the end, like a playoff. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's another good sign for a young group in that, you know, nucleus for that Lake city team. Definitely Four a meet was at, uh, university of Idaho, uh, golf course in Moscow, uh, North Idaho teams taking home third place trophies, Moscow on the boys side takes third Sandpoint on the girls side brings home the third place trophy uh chase uh, lavelle from uh moscow or chase lovell uh he ends up taking second in the individual race only four strokes behind the winner jackson Wright of valley view so way to go chase yeah, yeah no a great great finish from him and uh respectable finishes from north idaho and district one and two uh respectively uh with with moscow finishing the top three and standpoint finishing the top three. I think that's a, a good showing and you know, a lot you can ask for at the finish of a fall golf season. And I'll say this too, the weather was absolutely phenomenal for, for golf in North Idaho last week. And I mean, you couldn't have gotten any better uh, conditions. I believe down in Lewiston, it was in the low eighties still. So, I mean, there's, you, you get temperatures like that with nice weather, the, the course is going to play fast and play, you know, really clean. Yeah, uh, highest individual finisher from North Idaho on the girls' side was Taylor Meyer from Sandpoint. She takes fourth overall, and you're right. Weather-wise, it was perfect. I'd say we're two for two on this fall golf thing, right? Two years, yeah. the first two years, we've had pretty fantastic weather for the state tournament. So uh, I know there was a lot of consternation up north from the 5A athletic directors about moving golf to the fall, but... I don't know. You have to say, at least so far, it's been a pretty good success. I mean, you take the first two weeks of October, historically, have been pretty nice. So um, it's the next couple weeks is where we've seen it get real messy real quick. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, historically, you look at weather up here, it's never really been much of an issue, knock on wood. But, 
yeah, no, I, I look at that as if it gets to come back. There's some other great courses up here that I think need some love. I mean, you look at the likes of the Idaho Club, Stone Ridge, Avondale. Um, you know, even Prairie Falls has been turned around really nice too over in Post Falls. There's some courses I think that are deserving of a state tournament. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right. So congrats to all of our golfers. Let's move to the next wave of postseason events. Ryan, district soccer, boys and girls. Are you ready for my alter ego, Brackets Baney, to make his return? <laughs> hit, me, hit me up, man. Get, show me what you got, because I know that it's been an absolute madhouse the last couple of days. Yes, it has. All right. So if you're watching this uh, on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, I'm going to share my screen. You'll be able to see the brackets there and you can follow along that way. If you're listening on IdahoSports.com or wherever you download podcasts, Apple, Google, etc., it's all good. We've got the district brackets on the homepage at IdahoSports.com and you can follow along there. Let's start with the 5A. District one and two tournament, Ryan, where it's like we're in the month of October, Halloween uh, thriller slasher movies. Don't let the killer inside the house. Lake City is back inside the house. Lake City came into districts as the three seed on the girls side. They walk out as the district champs. We know what kind of program they've had over the past couple of years. They scuffled a little bit in the regular season, but here they are back at state. They beat Lewiston in the championship match yesterday, three to two in overtime with the golden goal. Yeah, no, a great finish by the, uh, the T-Wolves there. And that's a team that historically, I mean, we've seen what they've been able to do in years past and losing some of their leadership, but still there's a nucleus there of, of girls that know how to play in the postseason, And, uh, you know, that came to shine. And so, you know, Lewiston playing for their life, you know, in the in the play in game, um, that's going to be interesting to see what kind of shakes out from that one between them and Coeur d'Alene. But or sorry, I mean, not Coeur d'Alene, but uh, Centennial in the play in game, that game does get to be in Lewiston. So I think there's a bit of an advantage there as far as uh, keeping the fresh legs. But Lake City getting the district championship is huge, especially coming out of the three seed. They had lost to Lewiston twice in the regular season, five to three and three to two. This time they get the three to two win. They're headed back to state. Of course, they came in last year as one of the, the, the top teams. They came in undefeated, right? Lost to Centennial in that semifinal one, nothing. Uh, and then they uh, won the third place match over Rocky mountain on PK. So I know um, that, uh, the team is very motivated to get back and, and put on a good showing. So look out, everybody. Lake City's back at state. Uh, I think that's going to be bad news for those teams from the Boise Valley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, you got you got the postseason experience, and that does matter when you you get into the mix. I mean, I think that maybe the regular season doesn't mean much. Just like as you coach, you would say flush it because you got a new season in front of you. So, um you know, winning the district title, that's huge. And then, uh, you know, on to state, see what you can do. The rankings are going to kind of shake out and see how seeding goes. And that'll be uh, – that. I'm, I'm looking at Lewis and Centennial matchup, though. That's going to be a tough matchup for the Bengals, but uh, certainly a winnable match, I believe, um, for them. But I'd love to see two district one, one two teams make it. Yep. Uh, Emily Medina scores the golden goal in the 90th minute for Lake City. Big thanks to the Cordellite Press for that info there uh, as Lake City wins again in overtime. Lewiston now gets to play on their own field, right? This state play in matches at Lewiston. They're going to play Centennial. Centennial was the 10 seed 
coming out of their district tournament, uh, Skaggs. They kind of just got hot um, at the right time. And that, that's always the most dangerous type of team to be facing. So you're right. Just because, you know, Centennial's a 10 seed, that, that doesn't mean diddly. So. <laughs> We've seen Centennial in other sports as a 10 seed come through and make a, a lot of noise. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously that's in boys basketball, but Wait, yeah, we've seen, we've seen it before Lake, 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 Lake city knows all about that. Don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> yep. So congratulations to Lake city district champions there. Um, and, and by the way, bef- before the championship match against Lewiston, heck of a first round matchup last Saturday as well, between Coeur d'Alene and Lake city also crosstown rivalry. Lake City won two nothing, and both teams left it all out there on the field. Yeah. And so for Coeur d'Alene, a great season comes to an end earlier than they wanted to. Also, overall, the three teams at the top this year were all just outstanding and yeah. battled throughout. So congratulations there. 5A boys tournament. Looks like this, Skag. Speaking of crosstown showdowns, Lake City and Coeur d'Alene, one and two, will play. Wednesday at 3.30 at Lake City. I might dip over and check a little bit of this out. I don't live that far from Lake City. Uh, yeah. We're recording awesome. this on Wednesday the 11th. So uh, what do you, what do you think happens in this match here? If both teams won easily in the first round. Lake City 4 nothing over Lewiston. Coeur d'Alene 5-1 over Post Falls. Um, I mean, honestly, I think Lake City wins like 2-0. Like if it's going to be like 2-0, 2-1, it's going to be a really close match. Um, I think Lake City just it's going to be kind of on a sloppier field, too. I mean, we've had a lot of water in last, you know, yesterday and this morning. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But um, I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm looking at Lake City to probably pull this one out in a close one. It's going to probably come down to the last 10 minutes of the match. That's what I'm, I'll, I'll put put my stamp on that one. So. All right. Lake City is undefeated. They swept the regular season series with Coeur d'Alene. Each of those matches, though, one nothing i'm calling the upset i'm going with the vikings you let's go, go. <laughs> all right picking opposite <laughs> i like it so i think either of these teams make it to state um cordelaine's got a great lineup too and so even in the loss i still look at whoever comes out of that playing eagle um i like you know cordelaine or lake city winning that match i think both these teams are worthy of being seated in the state tournament um just based on their body of work so yeah, yeah. Eagle was the uh, five seed coming out of the districts uh, in in District Three. Sneaky team. You definitely want to win and get that auto bid to state if you can. All right, four A district soccer. Ryan, we had the first round match uh, on the girls' side on Tuesday. Moscow shuts out Lakeland five nothing. Sets up the championship Thursday in Sandpoint. Number two, Moscow, number one, Sandpoint. It's like the Red Sox and the Yankees at this point. They've played so many times over the last several years. Sandpoint's undefeated season was spoiled by Moscow two years ago. Uh, I don't know what else we can say about this matchup, except it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it historically ends up, especially when they meet in the district tournament in the final, like it's always a great match. Um, and, and that you could be a down team and Moscow could be down and still come to this one and still be fighting. So, um, I mean, I, every time we've picked in this one, it's like been, we've been snake bit. So uh, I don't want to say anybody in a blowout, I, you know, on paper, but games are never played on paper, but on paper, Sandpoint's obviously the favorite in my opinion, um, just based on body of work and what happened in the regular season. Moscow always makes things interesting. They, they make you play ugly. 
Uh, they make you win ugly if you're going to win. So, you know, the Bears are a scrappy, scrappy bunch. So it could be a, a tight match. I'm going to go lean Bulldogs on this one. But um, it would not surprise me one bit if Moscow steals one here and, and you know, sneaks in the backside. Look at the history between these two teams. So two years ago, Sandpoint was undefeated at districts. Moscow gets them one nothing in that district championship game, and Moscow gets to go to state. That was two years ago. Then last year in the regular season, Sandpoint wins two to one and one to nothing. And then they beat Moscow in the district championship one to nothing. Then yep. you look at this year. Sandpoint won the first matchup one to nothing, and then they tied two to two. So the last three, four, five, six matchups between these teams have <laughs> been decided by one goal every single time, or it's been a tie. Yeah, this could go to PK. I mean, it really could. Neither coach wants that. <laughs> no, no, they don't. But I, I mean, realistically, I think you could see this match go in that direction too. Um, both just, you know, especially with a lot on the line and a birth to state there, there's only one bid. So you win, you're in, um, this is, this could come down to the 90th or, you know, the point, I won't say 90th minute, but like, I mean, it's going to come down to the very end. Yeah. I'm, I'm just something in my gut tells me standpoint and it tells something's telling me Aaliyah Strock is going to yep. be involved somehow. That's just there's a lot of athleticism on the field for that, that bulldog group. And it, that could definitely show up. And, you know, if you need a little little boost there Strock. we've seen her before in other sports but um she's a she's a heck of an athlete so i mean that's i i realistically say i'll say it right now pks i think it goes pks i feel like one of those uh magicians that holds the card up i'm thinking standpoint <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see how that goes um it's going to be fantastic that is going to be on thursday in sandpoint on the boys side uh, same exact matchup here. It's Sandpoint and Moscow one and two. They are playing today as we're recording this Wednesday, October 11th. They'll play at three 30. Look at this opening round matchup though. Moscow and Lakeland deadlocked at zeros through regulation. The first overtime and the second overtime goes to penalty kicks. Moscow wins five to four on PKs. I look at just based on what had to happen. On Monday, oh, Sandpoint. <laughs> and I don't want to say by a bunch, but I think Sandpoint wins this one. I think that, you know, offense wins the day with the Bulldogs. Um, you know, and it's going to rest on – I think the, the, the goalkeeper is going to play a big game, a big part in this game, but I really do look at Sandpoint winning this one. And so – That's a really a good team. That's a, That Sandpoint team's good. Yes, and 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 that Moscow Lakeland match could have gone either way. Where a little bit of controversy uh, towards the end of the second overtime between these two, where Lakeland was lining up for a penalty kick, and and again, the Quarterly Press had all this great info. Austin Parks scores on a on a penalty kick, and Lakeland thinks, okay, we've we've just won because it's in overtime, it's golden goal, right? First team to yep. score wins, uh, and they they walk off and celebrate on the field referee comes in and says nope you had a player offside and so they nullify the goal and then moscow gets the ball on the free kick and um lakeland thought we should have been able to take the penalty kick again instead they gave the ball to moscow 
it goes to penalty kicks in 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 uh, after two overtimes and so i don't know lakeland went from thinking they had won to then having to rally and and try to compete and that, that's always a tough thing mentally so interesting uh opening round game between little, lakeland and little drama yeah a little drama on that one for sure. So, uh, but I'm with you. I, I like Sandpoint here in this in this boys matchup. All right, let's go to the real life fields in Post Falls, where the 3A Intermountain League District tournament's taking place. Uh, on the girls' side, you've got the championship Wednesday at four o'clock. Cordelaine Charter the one against Bonners Ferry the three. Uh, Bonners Ferry nipped Timberlake in yesterday's semifinals one to nothing, and so Timberlake the two seed is Dunsky. <laughs> It's Coeur d'Alene Charter and Bonners Ferry. Winner gets to go to state. Loser has to qualify via a play-in match against a very good team from District 3. It's going to be either Homedale or Fruitland, and that's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, that one, but I like I like Charter. I mean, I think you know we've seen them in the past <laughs> do really well. It's usually at state where they get tripped up a little bit, but coming out of, of district one to quarterly charter, I think is going to be the stronger group. They've historically, I mean, they had a great season this year too. Bonners Ferry has made a great run. I mean, look at that, that they've held two opponents scoreless in the, in their first two games of district. And uh, especially holding that Timberlake team scoreless is, is a, there's a lot of uh, much to be said about that effort. So um, I, I mean, Bonners Ferry is a scrappy group. They could, you know, like you said, that play in game, you're looking there though, with a really tough district three team, um, no easy days in, in, in high school soccer, especially at three, a level when you get, you know, some two, a schools sprinkled in there though, too, with some great athletes. So, um, yeah, I, I think charter though, wins the day and ultimately punches that ticket that auto birth this day tournament. Yep. And on the boys side, same exact matchup, different seeds, Bonners Ferry, the one Coeur d'Alene charter, the two Bonners Ferry beats Orofino in yesterday's semis for nothing. Cordelaine Charter and Timberlake went to PKs, went to penalty kicks. Timberlake was the three seed. Cordelaine Charter, the two seed. They were tied at 1 1 through two overtimes. Cordelaine Charter wins on the penalty kick shootout 4 2. And so tonight at the real life fields in Post Falls, 6 o'clock, Bonners Ferry and Cordelaine Charter again. Winner automatically gets to go. And this time, hey, so does the loser. So congratulations to the Badgers and the Panthers, both going to state. Yeah, no, I look at that. Um, what a great matchup! I mean, for for on the on the turf, and being able to to see those two teams play each other in the in the district championship game. Obviously, I think both have earned their way to the state tournament, um, respectively. Obviously, the auto bid going to the second place team, but uh, with those two teams going at it, I mean, Bonners Ferry, I like that bunch a lot. I mean, there's some good athletes in that group. Um, they're super scrappy. They play really tough. I mean, you look at what they've done. They've won their their matches by a total of seven to one i mean like, like going into that last match in the, in the title game uh what has charter got left in the tank after that timberlake game i think as much to be said too so um i think bonners has the edge and um we'll see what shakes out after tonight yeah it's gonna be really fun to see how this all shakes out they split in the regular season quarter charter won the first matchup by a score of two to one and then bonners ferry got revenge in the rematch 
four to two. Two really good teams, though, both moving on to state. So congratulations there. All right. District volleyball is also starting this weekend, Ryan. We will be uh posting those brackets as we get them and start filling them in. We have we have probably 70% of the brackets already up on the site, idahosports.com. We've we've got to fill them in with the teams as they officially clinch their seedings. One thing I did want to say for volleyball quickly, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Wallace uh, from the North and looking like the best team from district one and how great it was going to be that they didn't have to do a play in match despite being the district champion. They do. <laughs> I was wrong. Um, big thanks to some people from Wallace for letting me know. I thought it was a two year thing where, okay, Wallace yeah. last year, didn't have the play in match. So it must be for this year too. They basically trade off with the champion from district five and six, which is a three team league uh, uh, as well. And so last year, the champion from the East had to play the play in match. Wallace didn't have to this year. Wallace does have to, um, I still think they're, they're just fine in a play in match, but it again, yeah. kind of sucks that they have to do that. No, you could sound the uh, prices, right? Losing horn on that one for, <laughs> for your <laughs> advice, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I like, I like the miners a lot. I think that that's going to be a good matchup for them. If you know, finding their way in um, and actually, you know, I think it could bode well just for going into the state tournament on a bit of a roll. Um, I don't want to jinx anybody and give anybody the kiss of death, but I think that, you know, I think there'll be, they'll be all right in a play in match. Uh, with that lineup that they've got, so they should be, they should be good. I don't know that, that, what that means coming from me, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> no, hey, it looks uh, it looks good there for sure. So, all right, let's wrap up with some football talk here, Skags, where uh, we had no shortage of exciting games with playoff implications. I guess exciting isn't the word. We had we had important games that were fairly one-sided that made the playoff picture somewhat clearer. Uh, Post Falls went over to Lewiston and, you know, Devin Burns put on a show. Devin Burton had a couple of rushing touchdowns as well. Uh, Post Falls wins pretty convincingly 42 to 21. Coeur d'Alene did the same against Lake City in the Crosstown matchup, winning 31 to 7. Lewiston now behind the eight ball a little bit here. We talked about only two teams are going to get into the playoffs. They're, they're, yeah. There's not going to be an at-large bid coming from this league. Um, and so now Lewiston's got to win out, basically. Yeah, and I don't know if they can do it. I mean, that's a tall order. I went to that Lake City Coeur d'Alene game. Um, finally got some eyes on Coeur d'Alene uh, at this point in the season um, with you know some of their new looks, obviously, with uh, – Simmons, Caden quarterback. Simmons. Yeah. yeah, Simmons, the quarterback. I mean, that offense looked pretty good. Um, I mean, I was playing Lake City, and I, I don't want to talk too poorly about Coach Hout's team. I know that they're playing extremely hard at times. They looked really tough against Coeur d'Alene, and then at times they looked um, like they still had some struggles. And so, but that that Coeur d'Alene team, like you looked, I just looked for consistency throughout that you know the game that I was there, and they looked good. And, and uh, Jamison Kazar like is a weapon now, like he, he, you know, they put him in the slot and then on defense, like that, that guy's making plays. I mean, so I think that having him out of the quarterback position and actually putting him in position to get the ball in his hands without having to throw it makes him a more dangerous offensive team. Um, you know, and you look at some of the weapons around him, that defense is so nasty. I mean, the pressure that they put on cherry had no chance um, for, for Lake city. He had somebody in his face pretty much, 80% of the snaps when he went for dropbacks, he had a hurry. 
uh, or he was hurried. So, I mean, that that quarter lane defense, that's going to come down. That post-false quarter lane game is going to be – this is going to be an absolute battle. Um, and then we have, we have to do weekly picks. And I won't release my pick yet, but this was probably the hardest of any of them to pick because I just don't know how it's, you know, going to shake out. Is it the rushing attack of post falls? Is it, you know, does the quarter lane back end of that defense let up a little bit and let McCown throw the ball well? Cause they got, you know, dudes at receiver too. I mean, that's, is it the defensive post falls versus a quarter lane offense? Can they at least hold them to half the points? It's going to be a battle. It'll be a great game. Yeah, keep an eye out on IdahoSports.com, social media, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we are all the prep casters are making weekly picks. And hey, no better time than week seven to start this up. But it matters or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's something new we're trying out. It seemed to get pretty good traction. Uh, we're basically picking the most uh, exciting matchup each week uh, from each classification, a pick six. Um, essentially, and, and all the prep casters are making their picks. I went four and two last week, which isn't bad. Um, and I'll tell you, did you already send in your picks? I did. I picked Coeur Lane. Did you? Yep. What'd you pick? Come on, you can. I'm, gonna, I'm looking back to see what I picked when I sent to Logan. I, I have post falls. Okay. All right. Yeah. I didn't all- do too bad last week, but. I thought Weezer would get the upset. They were close, but were close. they didn't. They couldn't strike to pay dirt on that one. But um, otherwise, I would have had a really good week. <laughs> yeah, games. But and I picked. I picked West Side. They lost by a point to Declo. So, I, anyways, um, that that'll that'll be on the IdahoSports.com social media coming up. Uh, but this this five uh, A IEL title will be decided over the next three weeks. You've got Quarter Lane and Post Falls this week, and then Quarter Lane and Lewiston. In the season finale, Cordelaine could go all in two and be out just like that. You know what happened yeah. last year, didn't it? To to Cordelaine. Yeah. Um, I mean, what Lewiston team shows up, you know, against Cordelaine, I think is going to be the telling one, too. That's going to come down to the last game. But, you know, if they can make things interesting with that offense, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, Lewiston defensively has not looked the same as they have in years past. We could, uh, two years ago, they all beat each other, didn't they? Post Falls, Lewiston, Cordelaine. Um, yeah. And they all ended up tied for for first. And didn't they do a Kansas City playoff they did at Moscow High School? <laughs> you and I, you and I are going to go broadcast that if if that happens again. Absolutely, we're, we're oh, going absolutely. to do the playoff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> we have the KC tiebreaker. You're talking about excitement. That's that's a blast right there. So yeah, and it, it's possible. It absolutely is possible. But I think you know, you look at this week's game uh, between Cordelaine Post Falls. Just breaking down those two teams. Why did I pick Post Falls? I think that secondary is one of the elite groups in the state. Uh, I don't know if Coeur going to be able to throw the ball as effectively as they did against Lake City last week. Um, so that's – I think my edge is, you know, I don't think Coeur rushing attack can keep up with post falls. Um, that's – in, but Coeur front seven is ridiculous too. So – but post falls isn't too shabby. So it's kind of like – I think it's going to be one loss on the defensive side of the ball. Somebody gets a turnover and a score, that's going to be the, the decider. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see those two duke it out for sure. Uh, let's go to the 4A level. Sandpoint and Lakeland last week. Lakeland still banged up, still without their starting quarterback, uh, Hayden Benson. And Sandpoint wins 49-21. to 21. You know, Sandpoint quietly has been doing all this with a new quarterback too, right? Yep. Drew Lehman. He was 7-9 of nine for 208 yards, three touchdowns to three different receivers. Connor Hinberg, Jesse Turner, and Max Frank. Cody Brewster... 118 yards, two touchdowns on four carries. 
So Lakeland's ineffective. <laughs> I'd say so. Lake Lakeland's problem right now is they're just they've got a lot of holes on defense. They're giving up. We yep. saw it. We saw it in the post falls game we did two weeks ago or three weeks ago now. Three weeks ago now, yeah. And they just they don't have enough bodies. They wear down right the depth. They have a lot of two way players, and they wear down as the game goes on. And that's when you start seeing those big plays develop. And yeah. You know, I think Lakeland still gets into the playoffs. They're going to have to go on the road somewhere. They did it last year. Almost went to Pocatello and beat the Thunder. Um, but but it's 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 Sandpoint's deal now, and Sandpoint yep. is looking at a top five seed and at least a home game for the first. Yeah, round. how big was that one over Lewiston for them? I mean, as far yeah. as in their in their rankings and everything too. So, I mean, that was a massive win for them. Um, you know, you don't want to play shoulda, coulda, wouldas if you're the Bulldogs, but if you'd made the switch at QB a little bit earlier, what the, the earlier part of the season could have looked like. Um, but down the stretch when it's mattered, man, they've been they've been lights out. And uh, Lehman's been doing a great job. But Brewster, I think, at running back has been the more effective piece I've looked at. So, you know, you know they're going to get the ball into Max Frank's hands. So if, you know, he's going to draw a double team or draw the eye of maybe a spy or the extra defender leaving the box if they're going to chase him out there in the flat. You know, you got to be able to make him pay with another athlete. Connor Hinberg's been showing up big too on offense. So, um, you know, that standpoint group, we know they can play defense. Um, they 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 fly around on the defensive side of the ball. And they always have. Um, we've seen more offensive efficiency out of them, and that's making them a more dangerous team. I don't know if we're we're talking like state championship, you know, hopes like we have the years past, but it's at least a team that's a formidable offense that you gotta you gotta pay attention to now. For sure. Uh, 3A, uh, you know, Bonners Ferry, Timberlake play the last week of the season. Bonners Ferry did get their second win of the year last Friday over Kellogg, 20-14. to 14. Trey Bateman scored late in the fourth quarter to, to, to pull off the win, 20-14. to 14. Brody Rice also threw a nice touchdown to the tight end, Dakota Heller. I went back and watched it on, on tape a little bit. Um, Bonners Ferry gets with the win there in non-conference. Timberlake had the week off. 2A, this was the big game we talked about. Grangeville and St. Mary's there's, there's, there's one team coming out of the North this year for the two A playoffs. That's just the way it's happening. Yep. And, and Grangeville now it looks like has pretty much wrapped it up with that 54 to 26 win over the lumberjacks. Yeah. I mean, you talk about making a statement there, there it is. I mean, the bulldogs we knew were close in a bunch of games early, not close in a couple, but um, as of late have really, I mean, put it together and they, they took the bootstraps to, to the Lumberjacks on, on Friday night. And uh, that Grangeville team, I mean, if you, they start getting hot and playing with some confidence, that's a, that's a team that with the rushing attack that they've got, that's a team I don't know if I want to face necessarily in a first round game. Um, so that's, you know, that's a dangerous, dangerous kind of, I don't want to say sleeping giant, but it's certainly somebody that you're not going to take lightly if you, you hit the postseason. Troy Long, 191 yards and two touchdowns on the ground for the Bulldogs in the win. David Goikoa is a great quarterback for, for this Grangeville team as well. And they've, they've just got athletes, it seems like. Yeah. And like and Carter Munt, Carter Munt's a dude. Like he's they just they always a dude. have a Munt too. They always yeah. have had one and he's always a dude. So yeah, yeah they got another one now. <laughs> yes. Uh de- definitely a dude for Grangeville. Um, really exciting game. Otherwise, you know, Priest Rivers had a weird year just overall school wise, right? We don't need to get into everything that's going on there, but um, basically their football team is mostly freshmen. I don't know. I don't know what what, what they were two years ago. Yeah. It's like a repeat. Yeah. And so they, they kind of are doing this uh, independent schedule this year where they're playing some varsity teams and not others. They did play Orofino on Friday 
and they got the win 14 to eight, you know, priest river is officially three and L right. Yeah. Um, this was a fun game kind of sneakily went under the radar because, you know, Orofino priest river, Orofino's struggling. Obviously they're 0 and five, uh, but this was a really fun game. Uh, Caden Dabrowski scores on a 55 yard touchdown run. Priest rivers up six, nothing. And that lead held until the third quarter. Check this out. Orofino had the ball first and goal inside the 10. Well, a couple of bad yardage plays. All of a sudden, it's fourth and goal from the 17. <laughs> so or Orofino's got to go for it, right? So what do they do? They call up the trick play. So Aiden, so obviously, Drew Hanna tragically passed away earlier this summer, uh, was going to be Orofino's starting quarterback. Obviously, plans change. Aiden Olive moved from wide receiver to, to quarterback and had quarterbacked the maniacs for the first couple of games. They finally decided we'll make another quarterback change. Aiden Olive's a good athlete and we just need to get him the ball in different positions, not necessarily at quarterback. So Aiden Olive is kind of playing running back and receiver now for the maniacs. But what do they do? They take the snap and they pitch it to Olive for a halfback pass because he's thrown lots of passes already this year. Olive hits Nolan Williams for the 17-yard touchdown to tie the game at six. Olive then runs in the two-point conversion. It's eight to six Orofino, and they held that lead for a long time until late in the fourth quarter, Priest River scores again. It's Dabrowski scoring on a one-yard run. on a, It was either third and goal or fourth and goal. Nebraska scores from the one with just over three minutes to play and priest river gets the 14 to eight win. But man, that was a fun game between yeah, those two no, back and forth affair between two teams that are, you know, looking for bright spots in their respective seasons. I know that Orfino still searching for that win, but um, yeah, I mean, a great job by, by priest river to get that victory and get the dub on Friday night. Definitely uh, eight man football, white pine league, Camii beats Troy 66 to eight Colton O'Kane rushes for three touchdowns. Also had a receiving touchdown potlatch beats Clearwater Valley 60 to 18 uh, Jack Clark back from injury. He got hurt in that Logos game. He's back and had five touchdowns, three uh, rushing two passing Prairie playing Lapway gets a big lead. Lapway makes a very uh, spirited comeback in the second half falls just short Prairie wins. 54-44. Dylan Eulencott rushes for 344 yards and three touchdowns in the victory. That is your top four right now. It's Logos one, Kamii and Potlatch tied for second, Prairie in third, and Lap or uh, Prairie in fourth, and Lapway in fifth, but still within striking distance. It's all going to come down to the final two weeks here. Yeah, I mean, you look at bids, obviously. Logos in the driver's seat, and that's a dangerous team that everybody knows and they're talking about now. If you hadn't been paying attention or you're living under a rock, this team's super good. Um, but you look at the other two there, I mean, is, is Kamei back now? I mean, like, I think seen, so. I think they are. I think they're a dangerous team and they're lurking and kind of a sleeping giant. We saw them play in the state championship last year. They're getting back to health, but defensively, they've been playing rock solid since that Logos game. Uh, potlatch is still there too. Like you said, Jack Clark coming back and um, that logger team is, is right there. I mean, and then Prairie's kind of sneaking out there too. I mean, if you look at schedules that are coming up left, Prairie's got 
um, Clearwater Valley and Logos. So, I mean, you got those two games left. Perry sneaks a game from Logos. Perry's looking at their way in. And, I mean, Logos, obviously, with what they're doing, they've got, you know, their game against Perry at the end of the year. That's the last week of the season. They got Troy this week. Um, you know, so if they're, they're like kind of schedule watching and you're bouncing around looking at who's playing who. There's still some implications because Polach still has to play Kamiai. Yeah, so so here's here's how it looks. Uh, there are three auto bids to the playoffs from the White Pine, and I'm not sure a fourth team gets in. A fourth team didn't last year. There's only three at large bids, and a lot of good teams fighting for them. So Logos is five and zero. They only need to win one of their last two games, and they clinch one of those auto bids. They're at Troy Friday night. We think they'll probably get the job done there. If they don't, they play Prairie in two weeks in a game that takes on a lot of importance. So Logos is five and zero. Kamiai and Potlatch are both four and one. Kamiai plays Genesee this week. That's a win for the Cubs. Genesee is just struggling with numbers. And Kamiai with a win over these last two games would, would clinch a spot. Then they play at Potlatch in a game that will probably decide second and third place, right? That season finale, Kamiai at Potlatch, except Potlatch has to travel to Lapway this week. Lapway, we've seen is dangerous. And if Lapway wins, snake pit, man, you could get bit there. <laughs> you uh, are you are you a Marvel cinematic universe fan? Have you been watching the Marvel movies at all, Skaggs? No. Okay. <laughs> I was I was gonna make the, a reference. Whatever reference you're about to throw at me would go over my head so fast. I was gonna make a reference to the to the multiverse. That's where there's all these multiple universes and there's chaos. Basically, Lapway can introduce that with a win against Potlatch. And I honestly, I it wouldn't shock me if Lapway went to Potlatch and or or uh, they're hosting Potlatch if they won at home. So Potlatch has the trickiest road here at Lapway, home versus Kamii. Prairie's got Clearwater Valley. CP's kind of taking it on the chin a little bit this year. They've they've had some significant injuries to that team, so. For Prairie, it's do or die. Prairie has to win out. They have to win out. They can't. They can't lose anymore. Logos only needs to win once. Kamii only needs to win once. Potlatch with one Potlatch win has a, has a dangerous two game stretch here to close things they, out. They do, I, and that's yeah. why I, you know, I just don't feel comfortable saying, "Oh yeah, Potlatch, we'll see you in the playoffs." I don't know. There's a lot to be determined here. Still, what we do know is Prairie needs to win. Out, as does Lapway. Lapway's yeah. got to win out too. Yeah, they got to win out, and I mean, and hope for some help. I think on the other side of things, but um, yeah, I mean, I would look at as far as you want to say the hypothetical locks. Logos and Kamii look as good of a lock as anybody. Um, Potlatch is right there; they're close. I mean, if they split, I still see them getting in. Um, but. Yeah, Prairie Lapway need some help, but they can certainly make things interesting. Prairie, with having Logos in the end, they're gonna have to pull a shocker in their last game if they're gonna hope to get in the playoffs. But um Lapway with that that closeout to the stretch, they can make things interesting if they go undefeated and they pull a shocker Friday night and beat beat Palach. But I don't know. I see that I see that Palach group just taking care of business. I really do. You never know. Uh one White Pine is dangerous with those. If say Kamii Potlatch logos get in that is a dangerous group of three teams to get into the playoff like i don't nobody statewide wants to play any of those teams 
Nope, I wouldn't. Cami uh, yeah. I still scares me the most, I think. I, I know Logos got the big win over Cami but Cami done it in the play. The You know, when you get yeah. to the playoffs, sometimes your eyes get wide. And this is a new experience for Logos, and Cami has yeah. been there and done it. So, yeah. I don't know. It'll be a lot of fun, though. Uh, 1AD2. Oh, boy, did you see the game Gage Crow had for Lewis County last week? Yeah, though that was, I mean, you, you talk about having the eight man prep cast and every eight man podcast. He's a three star. I mean, like he's going to be in the, in the, in the talks for that one. That was a cool affair for him. So yeah, he, he rushed for 410 yards. <laughs> it's like some dude's seasons, man. Like <laughs> in one game, 410 yeah. yards, five That's touchdowns crazy. still wasn't enough. Tri Valley wins on a walk-off 62 56. Basically, County, sorry to interrupt you. Didn't Lewis County have a center that's only like 140 pounds? It was a freshman. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the, I, no, no, no. The Idaho Eight Man um, Twitter account, if you're not following, you need to because nobody does more to promote the game of eight man football and promote these high school kids than uh, the Idaho Eight Man Twitter account run by Will Henneke, who is on the prep cast every single week with us. And you're right. Uh, Lewis County's got a very small center that holds his own. Uh, Tri-Valley won this game 62 to 56. It came down to basically ball inside the five. Tri-Valley, there's like 10 seconds left. Tri-Valley's trying to call timeout. They don't have a timeout. So there's some confusion there. And in the confusion... Uh, and somebody tell me if I got this wrong because I wasn't there. I heard this all secondhand. Uh, in the confusion, they set the ball and the clock may have expired, but because of the chaos, Tri-Valley was able to snap the ball and get it off. And and Jace Wagoner, their quarterback, scores on a three-yard run as time expires or time had expired and he scores. Um, a very chaotic ending to the game. Lewis County comes up short. Um, but... Lewis County's a fun team. And yeah. They're, they they're have, a team that can score. Yeah, absolutely. But the problem with them, and this has been their problem the last couple of years, is they're not so good at stopping the other team from scoring either. Yeah. So we've seen two years ago, it came down to basically uh, Lewis County. And uh, so this Friday, Lewis County plays Deary. And this will decide the second and final playoff spot. There's no doubt about it. Kendrick's already got the the, the one spot. And the winner of this game will get that second and final bid to the state playoffs. Deary, I will say, has looked consistently better this year while also acknowledging that Lewis County has played the more difficult schedule. So take that for what it's worth. Last year when these two teams played, basically decided that second playoff spot. Lewis County won a defensive game 18-14, to which we don't see a lot of with Lewis County, but 18-14. to and then you may remember this two years ago, Lewis County was playing Timberline at the end of the season. Same scenario. Winner of that game would basically get that second spot to the playoffs. Lewis County scored 66 points. Problem is they allowed 78 and lost. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, that's, I, I, yeah, that's, that's their thing. They just, they have a hard time stopping the other team from scoring sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, but we look at offensive potency, you know, Lewis County certainly right there. Defensive, though, uh, Deary, in my mind, has got the edge. I look at them getting the second bid um, coming out of the White Pine. But, um, 
you know, Kendrick's got a fun game this weekend too. I mean, a, a late season non-conference, but um, that's going to be another, another test for, you know, coach Hobart's crew. I think, you know, playing up the classification, it's, you're going to see more of these next year. So when the classifications change, they're going to be moving on up and, you know, we'll see it. I mean, a Kendrick Logos game next year, like the, come on now, like, you know, obviously the, the names will be a little bit different for both programs, but you're still going to get, you know, some of the same flair with, with that matchup. I don't want to look too far ahead, but um, Kendrick, you know, it, it looks to be on a collision course with a, with a third consecutive title, but um, I don't know if they're going to get pushed like they did last year necessarily. I, I don't know if, and I mean, I can, aggravate some fans statewide but um this tigers team is special and they were special last year but you look at what ty kep and the other kids on that group are doing it's just absolutely uncommon and there's there's so much talent on that field for an eight-man team it's crazy like i mean they'd beat they'd beat most of the two a's in 11-man football they'd win at two a i mean let's just be real like that's that's a team that they beat any classification they win a bunch of games Yep. It's going to be really interesting to see how this all kind of shakes out. Um, I will say uh, Kendrick almost lost last year in the championship to Dietrich. And I kind of see it's it's the same story this year. It's Kendrick and to me, it's Camas County. They're on this collision course. And in one game, you know, who knows what can happen. But uh, you're right. Kendrick this week, North Idaho game night live from Homedale. (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> counterintuitive, but on the turf. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Kendrick traveling down to Homedale to play grace in a neutral site game. Grace is a one eighty one program. And by the way, uh, they're like six and one. Yep. So they're pretty good. They're uh, a good team. That'll be Friday on IdahoSports.com at 3 PM. Little Friday afternoon football for you. You can check that matinee out. before the, uh, little, appetizer to the main course friday night so so i mean here's here's what i would do i'd i'd tune in and watch kendrick play grace and then i would drive my butt to craigmont (laughs) to watch that deary lewis county game because that's going to be fun that's what i would do but or you can drive down to lapway and watch potlatch and lapway play i mean there's some some good games you could stay in coeur you could go watch coeur and post falls there's going to be you know, some dandy ball games going around. I think the the Lakeland Moscow game could be entertaining. Well, actually, no, there's a week off for, for Lakeland. So they're, well, they're playing non-conference this week, but the last the the final game of the schedule will come next week when they play Moscow. But yep. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm weak early on that one, but that's no, gonna you're be a good. fun game, I think, too. I think that'll be an interesting affair with, you know, I don't want to say a ton of implications on the line, but that's a that's a Moscow team that's hungry for a league win. They haven't had one in a few years. And so um yeah looking ahead for next week that's gonna be a fun game but lakeland taking on timberlake this weekend and you know i had timberlake you know i got a chance to watch them a couple weeks ago against sugar you know that's a team that man if they pass the ball more that timberlake team is lethal like i just look at it and i don't want to question coaching play calling but cole mettinger's a stud at quarterback and you know if they they get some they got some tall receivers out there at the tight end but and they got a solid target out there for him as well. That's a team that, you know, they could pose some some danger to some of the other teams. Sugar is just sugar. We know what Sugar Salem is, but I know that we kind of didn't get to cut, talk about Timberlake last week because they looked like they got shellacked. But we watched that game, and it's like, that's really not that bad of a game. I mean, stat-wise, it was fairly close. It was just Timberlake stalled out in the red zone four times in that game without getting points. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's another little added thing at the end of the prep cast as we wrap things up, but we didn't get to talk about it last week. But, you know, that's a team to watch out for, I think, moving towards playoffs. Yeah, uh, we talk a lot about the backs, right? Uh, Lens and Tebby and uh, Higgins, but they've, yeah, Yetter yeah. is a great wide receiver. Yetter's a dude, and and yeah. they were without Vaughn Higgins in that, in that Sugar Salem game. And, you know, they were able to pass very effectively against that Sugar Salem team. And, you know, if they can do more of that and get more, more looks, it, I think it opens up the running attack too. But um, that's just a, another little tidbit, I think, to watch. I think Timberlake gets a playoff win this year with that group. It should be a lot of fun, no doubt about it. Uh, it's all coming to a head here uh, as we are two weeks away from the end of the regular season, believe it or not. Uh, new bracketology post coming up as soon as I can get Skaggs to stop. No, I'm just kidding. I, I got to write I got my I microphone got, stand, yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta write it all still. So, uh, be on the lookout for that late Wednesday, early Thursday on idahosports.com. All right. We went long on this one, but we're at the point here where there's every, we can't gloss over anything because it's all important because it's all yep. postseason related. So hang with us. It'll be a little longer for the next couple of weeks, but that's good. That's a good thing. There's lots of good things to talk about. So yeah, got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So <laughs> That's right. Another skagsism. As oh, that's ever. a song. I stole that straight up from a song. East I know, I know, but uh, nobody would think to come up with that except you in the moment. So yeah, here. you're like Paul Kingsbury, but yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Well, for Ryan Skaggs and Paul Kingsbury, I guess why not? I'm Brandon Bainey, and we will see you next time on the North Idaho Prepcast at IdahoSports.com.